As usual, we begin our meditation by bringing ourselves into the presence of God. You are in his presence now. Close your eyes and imagine yourself walking forward. See yourself as leaving your body behind, as if you step out of it free-flowing and imagine walking on into a warm land of gentle light. You realise that you are walking towards the judgment seat of God. You can't see anything yet, but you are sure it is ahead. Then you become aware of a beautiful being on your right, walking in step beside you. He speaks. You are about to have the whole of your life shown to you in minute detail. Every private thought will be called out so that it can be heard by Saints Peter and Paul. Every idle word you spoke will be examined and its echo heard again by God. All those good things you did and preened yourself that you were a good person, the real motives will be uncovered and you will blush deeply with shame. But don't worry, says your companion. Recall what our Lord and Master promised when he was on earth. He said, Everyone therefore that shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But he that shall deny me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Because you spoke of Jesus to the world, he will speak of you and defend you. And the Blessed Mother also will be there and she will explain why you fell so many times and she will ask for mercy for you. Indeed, you're very blessed. God and Mary and St. Patrick to you. Hello and welcome to the Meditation and Mental Prayer podcast. Catholics Talking to God. I'm Christabel. I'm a Catholic RE teacher and a theologian. The goal of this meditation on death is to examine the truths about this life and your inevitable death in order that you come to a number of conclusions. The most important of which is to detach yourself from all creatures and to belong to God alone. When St. Ignatius Loyola requires us to meditate on our death, is he being morbid? Is he being negative? Well, if you're bound for hell, then yes, it would be rather morbid. However, St. Ignatius hopes that by leading us through an in-depth study of our upcoming death, we will start now with renewed vigour to get through that narrow gate, now, before it's too late. Here is a little quote from St. Teresa of Avila, which is very much in keeping with St. Ignatius' meditations on our coming death. She says, Remember that you have only one soul, that you have only one death to die, that you have only one life. If you do this, there will be many things about which you care nothing. To begin this meditation, St. Ignatius bids us to transport ourselves in our imagination to the bedside of a dying man or imagine ourselves beside an open grave awaiting the last remains of a Catholic soul. But what if we went to the local graveyard? 
If we seated ourselves somewhere quiet, I have done this meditation from the privacy of my car where I have had a panoramic view of many headstones. Firstly, we ask our Lord to give us a fear of death. We need to be ready at any moment to submit to God's calling us home. That's a pretty thought, isn't it? God's calling us home. The thought of death as God calling us home to heaven. This little phrase calms many frightened souls, but maybe they shouldn't be too calm. Perhaps maybe they should be more alert as to what's about to happen to them in the not too distant future. Are you ready to answer the call, the call to go home? I've never been ready. When I think of the times that my last prayer at night has been, oh please Lord, don't let me die tonight. The house is in an awful mess. My sister would be scandalised if she saw the place. Or at other times, it could be, oh don't let me die tonight Lord, I have reports not written up for work. Honestly, this is bad. I ought to be concerned about whether or not I am in the state of grace. So let's have a look at what St Ignatius asks us to meditate on. The big realisation that comes to us when we're meditating upon our death is that we're going to be leaving behind all our family. They'll still be living. They'll be still living their lives after we've gone. We leave behind all our possessions, our savings in the bank. I have to leave behind my books. What are the things that you're attached to? What are those possessions we believe we own? Look at the graves, lying there moulding those people once had possessions. And they were very attached to them. They have nothing now. Those people lying in their graves, those bodies, they once had interaction with the family and friends. Many of them died suddenly as they planned a journey they never took. Many died full of bitterness and hate for a family member or a neighbour. When you're lying there, worms crawling through you. Will your soul go before God, bowed down with unforgiveness? In the time of St Ignatius, family's members were particularly quick to forget you and only talked about your will and what you left them. Well, at least that's what it seems whenever you're reading St Ignatius's meditations. He uses the word abandoned by family. And that's a wee bit upsetting, but it's true. When we die, those who love us will have to abandon us. Just think of walking out of your home, going down to the graveyard to an open grave, getting in, and the soil being thrown in on top of you. It's pretty scary. Uh, in fact, that's enough of that. It's too scary. However, Ignatius bids us continue. He's not letting us off the hook yet. I find that looking at my hands, and particularly the skin in my hands, is a good way of imagining what death will do to them. Because you can see the skeleton, more or less. You can imagine the skeleton inside your fingers. And it really does that death thing for you. When my great-grandmother's grave was opened to receive another coffin, her coffin had fallen apart and what was still visible was her beautiful hair. People described it as a rich chocolate brown colour. But my grandfather, who was a young man, was very traumatised by it. And that led to great arguments in the home about whether or not that grave could be opened again. My grandfather was totally against it, whereas my grandmother wanted to use it. Now why I'm saying this is because in Kerry long ago, people talked about death a lot. They talked about graves. Who was going to go into that grave? Was there any room in that grave? Who was in it already? And why did we allow them in? I mean, it was a very real thing. The other thing was that while Ignatius's people might have been abandoned, certainly in Kerry, 
People weren't abandoned after their death. Their little memory cards were stuck up at the Sacred Heart picture. You know, between the glass and the frame, they'd be stuck all around at different ones. So you would have grandmother, aunts, uncles, cousins who had died before you. And they'd be watching down on you every day from the Sacred Heart picture. And of course, when you were saying the rosary, you were looking up and remembering them. Here are some thoughts about Catholic soldiers who were preparing to go into another battle in the First World War. And it's written by Father William Doyle, the Jesuit. And he says, he was with another priest, and he said that himself and Father Brown were very, very busy. He says, the men knew they were preparing for death and they needed them very much. He says, fortunately, the weather was gloriously fine. And so we had a lot of cleaning up and polishing to do of souls, and some of them not too shiny. He talks about a general communion on two days for all the men and the officers, with the usual rosary and prayers each evening, consoling for us, he says, because we felt the men had done their best and the future might be safely left in the hands of the great and merciful judge. And then he continues with, There were many little touching incidents during those days, one especially I shall not readily forget. When the men had left the field after the evening devotions, I noticed a group of three young boys, brothers I think, still kneeling, saying another rosary. They knew it was probably their last meeting on earth and they seemed to cling to one another for mutual comfort and strength and instinctively turn to the Blessed Mother to help them in their hour of need. Listen to what St Ignatius rather eloquently uh, says about meditating on the question of When shall I die? Shall I die soon? He advises not to calm yourself with the thought that your death will be far off. Instead, realise that death has already begun for you from the moment of your birth to this hour. What have you done but die? Count all the years, the weeks, the days, the hours, which united make up what you call your age. So many steps toward the grave. You are like the candle, he says, which is consumed in giving light and gives light in being consumed. And then he says, and think about this, an action continued without interruption is soon accomplished. All other human actions have some cessation. Business, study, pleasure, sleep, everything in fact has some interval. There is but one action which is never interrupted. That action is death. Death which began with your first sigh and will end with your last. We move then from the meditation to talking to God about our own death, our concerns, our hopes and our fears. We talk to him about his death on the cross and the rest of it is between yourself and Jesus. It's personal. It's personal.